0: Do today, we have a double um, Torah uh, T. First of all, it's the portion of Miketz, Miketz, and it's also the um, Hanukkah. So the way we'll do today, we'll do a little bit of, in volume 15, we'll do a little bit of the portion of Miketz, and then we'll do a little bit on Hanukkah. So we'll have... We'll try to cover both. So, this is based on the Kutisikas, one. So, let's read inside. Is my uh, picture off, it looks like? Yeah, it's just your picture, it's not you live. Yeah, why is that? Let's see here. Okay. Hi, Janice. Hi, Mom. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Okay. okay. All right, here we are. We're better now. Yeah? It's connected, the camera. Yeah, it's all black, right, where it says Rabbi Chaim Balas. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's see. Huh. It's probably taking a minute for it to um, to catch up. Oh. Yeah, there, there were two programs. Let's do the Parsha first on the. So the Parsha begins about the dream of Pharaoh. So the Parsha says that this was two years after Yosef was able to interpret the dreams of the butler and the baker. And after two years, Pharaoh, who was the king of Egypt, he has a dream. Now, in his dream, he was standing at the edge of the river. And behold, <coughs> and behold, from the river, there are seven good-looking cows, healthy flesh, and they were pasturing on the swampy, grassy area over there. And then, this is all the dream. And then there's other fat cows that followed them coming up from the river, from the Nile River. And these cows were bad-looking. They were thin flesh. They stood next to the cows at the edge of the river. So... the verse 4 says, So the bad cows ate, the bad-looking cows and the thin of flesh, they ate the seven good-looking cows, and Pyro woke up. And then he had another dream, and those were the dream about the seven good stocks, followed by the seven bad stocks. But the issue that the Rebbe raises is... What does this bring? So, Yosef, the first pharaoh, turned to the necromancers, the Khartoumim of Mitzrayim, and to all the wise people, and he asked them to resolve his dream. But none of them can resolve it. So at that point, the Uh, the uh, the butler remembers that uh, Pharaoh resolved his dream and he tells Pharaoh about the uh, Yosef. They bring him out. Yosef resolves the dream. What does Yosef resolve the dream? He says the seven healthy cows, they represent seven good years and the seven thin cows, they represent seven bad years and the seven years there's going to be a lot of food in the land of Egypt that will be followed by seven bad years, the hunger of hunger, of a famine and the entire seven good years will be swallowed up because of the great famine that will take place in the next seven years and Paro liked the interpretation and not only that Yosef told him that you need to take action Hashem is actually told is telling you through this dream what he's about to do and he suggests to him that he finds and appoints somebody who is going to gather in all the foods of the land and is going to see to it that the uh, food will be preserved for the days of the hunger. Okay. Paro is so impressed with the resolution with the interpretation of Yosef that he makes him into the second-in-command. He makes him to the Mishnah Melech. He gives him this honorable job. So one wonders, what is it really about this dream? What's the difficulty? Why was it so hard for people to figure out this dream. Why couldn't the Khartoum and Mitzrayim figure it out? And how does this dream show how smart Yosef is? Seems to be straightforward. We know that it doesn't rain in Egypt. The entire irrigation system, the entire growth of all kinds of grain and produce, whatever grows in Egypt, is, comes through the irrigation of the Nile River. That's the river. That's where everything comes from. It seems quite obvious when you have seven cows coming, healthy cows coming from the Nile River that that would represent a good cow represents the river a good produce from the river and and then again you use cows to plow the field, and that's where they used to use them, so if you have healthy cows coming from the river and you have seven of them it's only logical that this would be seven years that would follow why couldn't the Khartoum Mitzrayim the wise people of Egypt why could they not come up with the answer why could they not come up with the resolution to this issue when it seems to be how was Yosef's interpretation of this dream put him in a category by himself that now Pharaoh says well there is nobody as smart and as brilliant as you are so that you're telling me to appoint someone then you are the person that I'm going to appoint And you're going to see to it that the food is going to be gathered and it's going to sustain them for the rest of the years of hunger. Why is this show such strong abilities on Yosef's part by resolving similarly a pretty simple dream? And the other thing what we want to understand is Pharaoh only asked Yosef to resolve his dream. He didn't ask Yosef to come and give him advice how to run his government or how he should do things. He asked Yosef to go ahead and resolve the dream. So once Yosef resolved the dreams, he should have stopped right there. What business does Yosef have to tell Pharaoh, oh, you should appoint somebody who's going to collect all the food and are going to put it into storage and then you, each city, should have their own storage place and then that food will be... Who is Yosef to get involved and to mix into the conduct of Egypt? He has just been pulled out of the pit. Why is Yosef Following up after his interpretation of the dream. And furthermore, if you look carefully in the words that Pharaoh uses, he doesn't say, Oh, Pharaoh found favor, the interpretation that Yosef interpreted the dreams. It doesn't say that. He says, Yosef found favor in the eyes of Pharaoh. It almost sounds like Pharaoh was more impressed with his idea than with his resolution of the dream. It doesn't say that he said, Oh, this is a good resolution, it doesn't say that. He says he found favor in the eyes of Pharaoh. The Rebbe comes up with an interesting uh idea over here, and the Rebbe says that the the difficulty in interpreting these dreams was one line in the dream. See, when the verse says there were seven good cows followed by seven bad cows, the verse says six more words. Vata that these bad cows and the good cows stood next to each other on the bank, on the river bank, at the bank of the Nile River. This part of the dream was what made it so impossible, difficult to understand. The fact that we say that the bad cows ate the good cows, we understand that because that represents that all the good years will be forgotten, as Yosef said. But why in the beginning, before the bad cows eat, ate up the good cows, before it says that the Bad cows were standing next to the good cows. That's a difficulty. That's a difficulty because years follow one another. Years do not run concurrently with one another. You can't have, if you have seven years and then they follow by seven bad years, but you don't have seven years, and seven years standing next to each other. The difficulty, the Rebbe explains in interpreting the dream, was how do we find that these seven should be together with the other seven? And the Rebbe explains like this. He says that if During the seven good years, you take the time to prepare for the bad years that are coming. You know, they say you save up for a rainy day. If during the good years, you think about what happens later in the bad years. Some people, they have a good year, they made some good money they go and they eat up everything what they made and then when it comes the time when there isn't they have no savings and they have nothing they don't have anything left if some of a bad year comes when you when you prepare and when you save and when you store the food during the good years for the bad years That means that even though you physically don't have the bad years then, but it's as if they're there then because you're thinking about the bad years. In other words, yes, now it's good, but you're also knowing that this thing may change and there's going to be bad years coming. So it's as if the bad years are there at the same time. And the same thing is... When the bad years come, if you are able to sustain yourself and to take that which you have prepared during the good years and use them during the bad years, that's as if you're having the good years right here, because the good years are here because It is because of the good years that I have now what to eat. So even though I'm in the presence of the bad years, but I'm still having the good years impact and sustaining me in the bad years. This is how the Rebbe explains. That's what it means. That was Yosef's idea that the cows, the bad cows and the good cows are standing next to each other they're standing next to each other because the good years prepare for the bad years and the bad years take what you prepared in the good years so they're together, you work them together and this told Yosef that he has to tell this to Pharaoh the advice. Because without the advice, and if he just tells him seven years and seven years, then the dream of standing next to each other has not been interpreted. So part of his interpretation is to give Pharaoh the meaning of the dream, the meaning of the dream. And to help him understand that part of his dream is that it needs to get ready. You have to prepare yourself. That which God is doing, God has shown to Pharaoh because Hashem wants Pharaoh to prepare himself. Oh, once Pharaoh hears this, he says about Yosef, There's nobody as brilliant and as smart as you because you figured out how to keep both of these parts the good and the bad house both at the same times eight so they should be together at the same time. The Khartoumim tried, Rashi says, they tried to tell him you're gonna have seven daughters you're going to give birth to seven daughters. You're going to bury seven daughters. And that was something which could be at the same time because the people of Pharaoh, they had many wives and they had many concubine women, and that was a uh, generally a promiscuous place, Egypt. So it wasn't out of the realm of the possibility uh, giving birth to seven Daughters, bearing seven daughters, that was all possible. But that did not satisfy There, They tried also to explain it in a way that the things should be at the same time. But Pharaoh didn't buy into that. But when Yosef came up and he explained that we're going to prepare during the good years, that's why these are standing next to the bad cows, and we're gonna have the get cows received from the good years, that was the wisdom of Yosef. And that's why he made him into this uh, great person. And the Rebbe explains that in the time of exile now, it's like a dream. It's like a dream. A dream is contradictions in the dream. Um, A person can dream and mix things up. and A dream is a dream. So the time of the exile is like a dream. We're all like a little bit confused. On one hand, we love Hashem. We get excited. We daven. And then, we forget about it, and then we get all involved in our, in our day-to-day things. And you know, at one point, maybe we try to be very careful to do the mitzvahs, not to do any sins, and then you know we forget about it. We get involved, so we're like in a dream, back and forth. Uh, but you have to realize. Yosef connected the two extremes. In other words, as far as Yosef tells us, is look, we can have on one hand we can have a love to Hashem, and on the other hand we can love nice things. You know, we love uh, we love the physical and material world, and this is the challenge of. Uh, the time of exile to try to bring our love for Hashem into our material things and have our material things be infused by our love of Hashem so that it should be no contradiction, just like by Pyro. The good cows and the bad cows were there together. Why? Because the good cows helped the bad cows sustain, though those years should be sustained. And in the bad times, we still were inspired and still live from the good times. So that's in our lives when we have difficult times, still be inspired by the good times. And during the good times, remember, absorb enough so that when you need that extra koach, you'll have that for the other times. Okay, let's go over to a little bit to do a little bit of the second uh, talk that... um, which is relates to Hanukkah, and that relates to the, you know, the special prayer we say when we light the uh, Hanukkah candle. We do the special prayers of Haneiros Halalu. So, what do we say? So it's interesting. We say Haneiros Halalu, Onu Adlikim. We light these candles. Now, most of the people think of the lighting of the candle that commemorates the miracle that there was only one little jug of oil that wasn't defiled by the Greek and it had enough oil to burn just for one burning one night, miraculously it burned for eight days. That's how most of the people associate the lighting of the menorah. But when you look and you see the language of the Hanerot Halalu, which we sing and we say during the light of the candles, you see that there are various different miracles mentioned there. Uh, In the Chabad Nusach, there is different uh, versions a little bit, but in the Chabad Nusach, the Chabad version, we use the language we're lighting the candles for salvation, for the salvation that Hashem provided, and for the miracles, and for the wonders that you have done to our fathers in those days at this time of the year through the Holy Priests. What do the three languages mean? Salvation, miracles, and wonders. What's the difference between salvation, miracles, and wonder? Now, this seems to include, it's not a singular, not Teshua, Al Hanais, and Al It's a plural. The salvations, the miracles, the wonders. A lot of salvations, a lot of miracles, a lot of wonders. What is this salvation, miracles, and wonders? But to complicate matters even more, further in the language it says all these eight days of Hanukkah these lamps are holy we have no right to use them only to look at them in order so that we thank and we praise your great name for what are we praising your name now you would expect the same language as in the beginning just like in the beginning we said for your salvation for your miracles and for your wonders. No, no, no. Over here, the language is turned around. First, it says for your miracles. And then we say for your wonders. And then we say for your salvation. Again, what are the miracles? What are the wonders? And what is the salvation? And why do we switch the order from the beginning? In the beginning, we have salvation. Miracles, Wonders, and in the end we have Wonders. Uh, uh, We have Miracles, Wonders, and Salvation. What does this all mean? So, the Rebbe explains like this. A miracle means an open miracle. Meaning, an undeniable miracle. The war... That was waged by Yehud, the Hashmanoim, who were few in number against the mighty Greek army, and they were able to be victorious. That's an open miracle. That's a nace. That would be a miracle. Wonder is something that calls out a person, "Wow. It's a wonder which means wonders can be explained. If you insist and you try to argue, you can say... One of the examples the Rebbe uses is that the previous, the Alter Rebbe uses his freedom from prison. He uses the word that Hashem has made a wonder. Why is that called a wonder? Because there was a lot of effort and a lot of pressure put on the various officials to free the Alter Rebbe from prison. So one can say, ah, this wasn't really uh, a miracle. This wasn't really something supernatural. Oh, we put on pressure and we were able to convince them. You think about how we won the Jewish people, the state of Israel, with the Israeli army, the Tzvah Ali Israel, they were able in six days to have this victory against an outnumbered amount of armies from the Egyptians, from the Jordanians, from the Iraqis from all the surrounding and non-surrounding Arab armies that all united to confront Eretz Yisroh. And I remember clearly, I mean, I was a youngster then, at the Six-Day War, uh, how worried we were for the safety of Israel, who was being attacked by all these powerful armies. And in six days, Okay, so later on they try to explain it. You know, we had American, we had this. You know, American equipment is much better than the Russians, the planes. You know, but it's—I'm not sure—it's either an open, open miracle, or maybe you can explain it. it's a wonder, but it's still wonder. If all the scuds that fell did so little damage in Israel. I don't know. Well, they missed it. it's either it's an opener, but that's a wonder. But then you have the idea of salvation. Salvation means something which even you know, it's not even a wonder, but if you have two equal forces battling, so one needs salvation in order, a Yeshua, in order to be victorious, even if it's not a open miracle, even if it's not a wonder, but you still need Hashem's salvation. So this is the way the Rebbe explains this. The Rebbe explains, he says, first of all, he says, the candles that we light, the lights, are not just celebrating the miracle of the oil. It's celebrating the whole miracle of Hanukkah, the war and all the great miracles. The way the miracle of Hanukkah developed First, they started up with in the city of Modiin, the city of Modiin, where where the Chashmonoiim lived, and they had a good number of fighters and people over there. And when they uh, battled the Greek on that play, the Syrians on that time, that was almost a equal. Forces, these; they had the strength. That wasn't an outstanding miracle. That was teshuas. That was merely salvation. That is the order, the sequence. There was a teshuah. Because Hashem helped them that with equal power and equal measures, they were able to overcome. So that is the teshuahs. That's the first thing. After that, Antiochus sent in his whole mighty armies with an endless amount of people. Over there, the miracles became open. Then after the salvation, there came miracles. Because how is it possible for a few Maccabees, few in number, outnumbered, outgunned, outpowered by these mighty forces, This is a miracle. That was Nisim. That was miracles. And then there were any flaws. Finding the jug of oil. You know, maybe they missed it. Maybe they missed it. It was buried. It could have been... Yeah, it's amazing. It's wondrous. You know, how would... They happened, just so happened to find one jug of oil, which was enough for them. Hence, the order that he starts to say the Aneris Halolu is the sequence of the way it took place. First, it started with Hashem's help that they were able to win Imodi'im. Okay, they were equal forces against each other. Then the miracle that they can stand up for all the forces. And then the wonders that they found, the drugs, and included in there is many, many more different cases of other, because it's plural. And the miracle that the night burned for eight days, but that's later on. This is all the sequence that it happens. But at the end, we're talking about to praise Hashem. What do we praise Hashem first and foremost? First, we praise Hashem for the great miracles. Because that tells us very clearly there could be no mistaking. So in the end, when we finish the prayer of the and we say, oh, we want to thank you, Hashem. Over there, you don't use the order of the sequence the way that happened. Over there, you use the order the way you feel about what Hashem has done for you. You start off with The miracles. The miracles are the greatest thing. Wow, Hashem has changed and done things in a miraculous way. Totally, totally out of nature. The next step is wonders. Things that maybe they're miraculous, but now we can actually uh, say that we see we see Hashem's hand in all this that look it looks amazing we're going to thank Hashem for that and finally even things that seems to be like totally natural perhaps but yet we're going to make sure and thank Hashem for all that and Rebbe brings down that while things that are natural seem to be at least celebrated, but sometimes the more most natural things carry within them hidden some of the greatest miracles themselves within the nature itself. In the Hasidic thought, it talks about that sometimes the highest of levels come down in the lowest of levels. So that in the salvation, which means that you take nature itself and you f- nature goes according to the uh, will of Hashem, which is beyond nature, that becomes the salvation that the highest of levels is dressed up in the lowest of levels. But either way, we thank Hashem for the miracles, for the wonders and for the salvation. And as we say in the Anares um, Alolu, as he did in those days, so we should do in our days. We should see God's miracles, God's wonders and God's salvation in any order. Each and every order, will accept them and we'll accept all of the blessings and as we say, as he's done miracle during this time, so may Hashem do for us miracles uh, today, and hopefully it'll be in a very open and revealed way, and we'll see the lighting of the base, the menorah and the base Amidush, the third base hamidash with Mashiach Tzidkenu mm-hmm.